Welcome, everybody. It is Wednesday night. You know what that means. It is time for Take It to the Rank. But first, it's a very special edition of the Tyler Scott Show. So, Sammy, let's get started. Good blocking on the perimeter. And that opens it up for Tyler Scott. Oh, a huge night, and he's here. Tyler Scott's joining us. It is week 18. More importantly, it is Packers week. So Tyler, I got I got I got to ask you how you living? How are we doing? Doing good, doing good. It's uh, it's a big week, big week. Is that a hoodie you're wearing, or do you have a robe on? What's going on? What's the no? It's just, it's, it's, it's a hoodie. hoodie. Okay, okay. Yeah. I wanted to make sure I didn't know how casual we were nowadays. <laughs> like, okay, we've we've won a couple of games, and now he's just showing up in a robe, uh, just being cool. What has been the atmosphere in the building? Five consecutive wins at Soldier Field to to close out that run of home games. What has it been like around the building with everything going on like that? Yeah, I mean, all positive vibes. I mean, um, you can feel the the energy we've had. You know, I've talked about over the past couple of weeks of just the expectation um, that I think that's a mindset change, just the expectation of over going out um, and just winning games, of just going out and dominating the opponent. Uh, you can fit in the, fill in the building. Obviously, we've been playing great at home the last couple of games, and um, we, we know we had to end it off right, you know, pretty much our biggest win. Um, as far as marginal-wise uh, of the year, um, beating the Atlanta uh, Falcons. So um, the energy is super high, especially um, this week, understanding uh, some of the things that are at stake. Yeah, you know, understanding that ever since you've joined us um, from the very beginning of the season, I've always been impressed with you and your knowledge of the history of the Chicago Bears. And it, I know that the Green Bay Packers are not something that you take lightly. You bought in immediately, and we really love that about the Bears and Matt Eberflus uh-huh. has done a great job of that as well. Ryan Poles is in on that. But sincerely, you can you cannot lose this week. I can't. I can't deal with it. Uh, uh-huh. How are we feeling about that? Like, I know in week <laughs> one we talked about it like, hey, and we're like, no, no, no. We have to win this one. Do you guys feel the same way? Oh, for sure. Um, I, don't even was, I wouldn't even say have to. I feel like it's more of a we need to win. We need yeah. to win this game. Um, you know, and so I, I think the whole team definitely feels that. Um, we're definitely ex- we're expecting a playoff-like atmosphere um, going into that one. Um, it's one of those games where you wake up, you feel the goosebumps, you walk into the stadium, um, and, you know, you, you'll have big games in your career. But this is those one of those games of like, all right, this is one of the biggest games of your career type of deal, um, type of feeling. And I think everyone is all – we all feel that and all buying that as well. You know, coming into week one this season, you know, there was, I guess hope was the better way to put it. We hadn't really seen, you know, we we finished okay last year, but we hadn't really seen everything. DJ Moore, I mean, I think in the first game against the, I think it was that first game, I think DJ Moore had like one target, maybe one reception. So you going into that game, it was more hope. Like, we hope the Bears are good. We've now seen the tangible evidence over the last number of weeks, as you said, dominating opponents, putting them away, like having no concerns, like having great finishes to games. But ultimately, what is what is the biggest difference between now and week one? What is it? Because it does feel like it, it went from hope to like we know. It went from hope to we know. What do you feel? Yeah, I think um, we're just playing complimentary football all, all around. Um, and I think the probably the most important thing is just our team chemistry mm-hmm. um, as far as in the locker room. Um, I mean – We've grown so much closer since the beginning, and you hear all the cliches of like, oh, this is, you know, we're going to grow stronger together through the tough times and all that, and this, that, and the third. But, I mean, it's true, and it's real. 
Um, it's something that I've seen you know, go, going through this year from the beginning um, is that you can see just the growth that we've had for the one from one another, um, you know, because, you know, you see it across all different sports. You know, you can have a lot of great pieces, but if you don't have a team chemistry, um, it's hard to come together. And I feel like we've gotten to that point to where you, we can feel the love for one another and the play for one another in the locker room, which is what you've seen from since the beginning until now. And then on the field wise, I think we're just playing complimentary football um, offensively. Uh, we want to run the ball, which is you can see what we've been doing. And um, we've been establishing just a physical type of style of play. Um, Khalil Herbert back to back, you know, 100 yard mm-hmm. games averaging, you know, he averaged like seven yards to carry last game. Um, we're, we're, we're keeping the ball. We're not turning the ball over. Um, and then all, uh, defensively, we're doing the opposite. You know what I'm saying? We've been plus in a uh, turnover margin. Um, and uh, we've been getting pressure on the quarterback and been getting to the quarterback. You know, that's the two things um, kind of on both sides of the ball that Coach Flus has really honed in on as far as just those things and then finishing in the fourth quarter, which is what we've done. And so um, I think we're just playing complimentary football. We're, we're getting to our weekly goals as far as what we want to accomplish. We're buying in on both sides of the ball. And, um, I mean, we're just playing good complimentary football from special teams to offense to defense. Yeah, there are so many things to unpack there defensively, offensively. I'll also with the offensive yeah. side of the football. And, you know, going back to that game, it's a snow game in Chicago. There's nothing more yeah. than you can ask for. The dime that Justin Fields drops to DJ Moore to open the scoring, I feel was the best throw that I've seen him make during his entire NFL career. Uh, what did you think about that when you guys go back and watch it on film? Like that is an absolute, and not only is that a dime, uh, it's against Jesse Bates, one of the mm-hmm. best uh, safeties in the game, and it's just yeah. in the snow. Like it, there's nothing. Like yeah. I, I think we can pretty much put to get put the put to rest the notion that Justin Fields can't throw. Yeah, I know he had a lot of great throws that whole game. Um, and, and given the weather conditions, I mean, he was balling. He was on hitting on all cylinders. You could you could tell he had the confidence, the pep. You know, as far as scrambling wise, I know the whole the whole play of him kind of um, you know eluding the the whole rush and. Uh, you know, break, you know, breaking it for a first down. Um, I was at, on that play, um, uh, the cornerback who was guarding me on that when uh, Justin, he gets out of the pocket and we're running across the field and we're kind of watching him run. And the guy goes, dang, he got out of that? Are you serious? <laughs> and uh, I can't remember his number. But, um, but yeah, we're running across the field. I'm like, yeah, man, I mean, I don't even know. That was, that was crazy. He said, man, that's crazy. And so, um, you know, he just did so many great things that game. And, um, yeah, I know that that's kind of been the notion. But, I mean, he's been putting those things to rest as of late for sure. No, I've really loved uh, the way that he's been playing. And, you know, again, another dominating performance by him in the offense. I looked at you, though, because we were, you know, we keep waiting for the first touchdown. We had some opportunities, <laughs> uh, unfortunately. You know, unfortunately for you, you weren't able to connect. How did you feel coming out of that? Like, obviously, you know, a couple of, like, they're tough plays. I, I, I really, I get defensive. Like I feel like now I'm related to you. So I get defensive mm-hmm. of people <laughs> again, the bar was ready to pop because it was close. You yeah. got, you almost got the one foot down. Um, how did you feel about those plays when you went back and watched them? Um, what did they, what did the team say about that? When you're in, you know, when you're in, um, when you're like in film study or whatever, and you go through that, what, what do the coaches say? What are you guys trying to work on there? Yeah. I mean, you're just trying to figure out exactly, um, you know, what you could have done to, to put yourself in a better position to, to execute. Um, you know, I mean, uh, the first one I know, uh, you know, we, we talk about kind of catching and the crazy thing about it is I, I want to say kind of how I caught it. 
Even mm-hmm. if I would have got my second foot down in the NFL, I guess that wouldn't have counted. Um, what? Yeah, yeah. Uh, they counted in Joku's a couple weeks ago. Yours would have yeah, counted. Yeah, it's um, it's it's a, it's a weird rule, I guess. Um, uh, depending on like if you get your, I don't know if you have to get your whole foot down if your back is facing towards the goal line. Um, if you're, you can toe drag if you're facing um out of bounds, but if you're facing backwards, um, it's kind of a, a iffy rule there on how what's uh, what's legal and what's not. And so, um, as yeah. a receiver, you're kind of taught if you can. Um, you want to kind of catch it and turn towards the sideline, and then you can kind of toe drag because it's yeah. it's a lot it's a lot more difficult to catch and kind of get your um, uh, toe slash heel down. I don't know if if you get your heel down if it'll be if it count, but um, yeah, it's it's a weird rule there um, how that goes. But um, but yeah, so I mean on that I I probably could have just kept it a lot more um, oh flat, you know, gave myself uh, some more room there on the back of the end zone. Um, just kind of looking at the film of where DJ was um, compared mm-hmm. to me, um, you know, I could have, you know, made a lot more easier of a of a, of a catch there. And then, um, in the second one, I mean, uh, we got the the exact look that we wanted um, pre snap. I think we had our tight end that was kind of uh, we were kind of bunch a bunch set. Our tight yeah. end motioned out, and we figured that they would kind of bump it out and um, end up playing a uh, kind of cover one look. Uh, with the nickel who was over top of me at the time playing outside leverage, which is exactly what we got. And so um, I was definitely looking to uh, to get the ball pre-snap. And so uh, broke the guy off, ran a good route, and then uh, just got to come up with it at the end of the day. Um, Justin threw a great ball over top, uh, ended up tracking it. And, uh, you know, DB also made a you know, great play, you know, disrupting, disrupting uh, my timing of, you know, catching the whole thing. But, um, but at the end of the day, you know, got to make those plays. And that's how you separate yourself. Um, is making those, you know, kind of spectacular catches that uh, are, are tough to make. Yeah. What are the, what does Justin say? Like, or any of the wide, any of the veteran wide receivers say when you go through that kind of stuff? Cause I had a friend who played, you know, at, at Washington and he was talking, I was talking to him about that and like, Hey, you know what, what do you, what do you go through like that? Is it, is I mean, it doesn't feel like Justin's holding it against you because he is giving yeah. chances. What do guys like DJ Moore? What do the veterans say? Like, what kind of goes through? Because it's it's one thing when you're winning a game and you win big, and you're like, hey, you know, this is a great win. You should celebrate. But then yeah. personally, you're like, well, I could have done a couple of more things. How does that mm-hmm. process work? Yeah, I, I think uh, it's just your mindset. You know, you don't want to just continue to get down on yourself, and um, you know, just keep keep your confidence. You don't you don't want to doubt yourself and doubt your abilities um, and things of that nature. Um, and so I think that's just the biggest thing is just your mindset. You know, those things happen um, and things are going to happen to you, you know, but I think um, one thing I've learned and one thing I've kind of been taught is just how you're going to react to those things, you know, because you're going to have another opportunity to to go and, you know, um, go make those opportunities up. And, you know, the thing is just how you're going to react and um, you just got to make the best opportunities when they come. Yeah, that's all you can do. You know, this is what, you know, a lot of times rookie seasons, it's all about learning. It's all about getting better and continuing to improve. And as long as the team's getting better and you're continuing to grow, I think that's probably the most important thing. And I was kind of excited and I sent you a note after the game and I'm like, well, the cool thing is, is that your first touchdown is going to happen at Lambeau field. So that'll be one to hold on to. Like, that'll be one, like, you know what, I'm going to do it. And it's going to be in a big moment. So I, I feel the utmost confidence going, I'm like, okay, cool. We'll just do this in Lambeau and it'll be fun. Um, have you decided if you're going to do a Lambo? Le- no, I'm just kidding. Um, what have you seen though, as you start to watch the green Bay Packers now, obviously this is a team with a lot of talent on the defensive side of the football. 
What do you see from them as you're starting to get prepared for this game? Like, what are some of the things that stand out? Because obviously we've heard about, hey, nine first round picks on defense, but they've been giving up some points over the last couple of weeks. And as they're scuffling and fighting for a playoff berth, I think there's a real opportunity for us. No, for sure. Um, I think I think we just want to ru- ruin their whole chances. You know, we want to ruin any chance they have it at getting you know into the playoffs. And um, you know, I think that's just the main thing. Uh, you know, defensively, I mean, you know, they're pretty. They're pretty. Um, I said they're pretty simple. Um, and kind of what they do as far as their standpoint, as far as just um, once they line up in a look, once they line up in a formation, um, you know, that's that's kind of what they do. That's what they're. That's just what they're going to do. And they're just kind of focused on, all right, we're going to line up in what we what we want to do. And, um, you know, we're just going to execute in the things that we like to do. They kind of like to mess with you with their personnels. Um, they like to, mm-hmm. you know, all right, we got a, we're in nickel defense or we're in Bronco defense or we're in, you know, dime defense or we're in uh, base defense, you know. So they just try to mess with you as far as those type of things. So now, you know, it makes it a little bit difficult as far as like who you're blocking and just kind of, you know, maybe some of the coverage is going to get. But at the end of the day, they're pretty – they're pretty base and pretty simple in what they like to do. And you can tell they're pretty confident in, in, in what they're doing. But um, at the end of the day, um, you know, you, you go through a whole season, you, you know what their tendencies are. They know what our tendencies are. Um, you know, at the end of the day, it's just who's going to who's gonna play the best football, you know, come Sunday, who wants it more, and, um, you know, who's going to dominate, you know, the other side of the ball, you know. So um, I think that's just pretty much it. Um, it's not going to be, uh, you know, too many uh, – you know, X's and O's type difference. I guess it's going to be a football game of like, all right, who wants it more? Yeah, and it's true. And obviously we were finally eliminated uh, from the playoffs. We needed a tie. Were you watching that game on Sunday night last week? Because I was was there because I was battling everybody online, as I usually do. Because I'm like, and there were, everybody was like, well, we're eliminated. Like, no, if there's a tie, we went highly unlikely, but still, uh, were you watching that game and were you watching like, oh, were you sitting there rooting for the tie or did you kind of realize like this is probably a long shot? Yeah, no, I knew it was kind of a long shot um, for sure. But um, but no, I was definitely watching. I was watching a plethora of games, um, you know, that whole day. But um, just kind of seeing the score, I'm like, ah, uh, I don't think it's going to go our way. But, um, but yeah, no, definitely was uh, keeping track of kind of just everything. Um, even during the game, I remember they showed, I think they went, I want to say they showed the Giants. Um, yeah. and the, uh, the Giants game there in the Seahawks. And, uh, I was like, oh man, the Giants ended up losing. And I think that kind of messed with our, uh, that was a tough well. one. Yeah. That, yeah. That, that really messed with our chances kind of during the game there when I looked, uh, looked up at the scoreboard. So, um, was definitely just keeping track of, you know, each game to kind of see, all right, you know, shaping out, you know, mathematically, you know, what could happen and what are the chances, but, um, you know, it didn't work out. So. You know, chipping a chair, that's all we ask. And, you know, trying to be in there, being there in week 17, I think is, again, it's a, it's an accomplishment. I mean, that's good. Like you don't want to be eliminated early. We'd already wrapped up the number one overall pick. So that was good. Um, But it was fun. It was kind of a fun day, like trying to wait for things to unfold, the, the things with the Rams and the Seahawks and everything like that. And so, you know, it, it's interesting because Justin had talked about this a number of weeks ago, and we brought it up here on this show where trying to emulate the formula that the Lions had for last season, which is Mm -hmm. finishing strong and then ruining Green Bay's playoff opportunities. I mean, you've got to be like outside of making uh, outside of playing for the playoffs. Is this kind of like the best possible scenario? I think so. I mean, what better (laughs) way to end the season, um, you know, than to, to ruin their playoff chances. Um, and, and to, and to kind of send them home, man. And, uh, you know, with the rivalry, like we have, uh, ours now, like I said, it's like, 
it's not like we're just playing, um, quote unquote, at least it doesn't feel like quote unquote meaningless football, so to speak. Um, yeah. and then on top of that, like, um, you know, it's not like we're just playing some other opponent who, uh, they're out of the playoffs and we're just kind of, you know, just lacing them up and playing on Sunday. You know, it's a, it's a, it's a, it's a rivalry game. Number one. And then number two, it's like, all right, you have a chance to ruin their season. Um, I guess we yeah. heard they got like some type of, you know, party, you know, maybe playing for after the game. Um, and, uh, you know, we're, we're ready to, uh, to, to run that. So, uh, I think yeah. it's, it's a, it'll be a, a fun game. No, definitely. And it, and it's something that the fans focus in on too. And I get tired of listening to the Packer fans constantly holding that over, over us and everything like that. And, you know, you just kind of want to, you know, you do want to end somebody's season. I don't think that it's anything outlandish. I don't think that it's anything weird or anything like that. Like you, that's a rivalry. And that's one of the cool things about being a fan of the bears is that, the team buys into the rivalries as much as we do. You know, I, I know that the coaches have to do the coach speak and like, we're focusing on us and we're doing our sorts of things. And it's like, that's cool. But at the same time as fans, like, no, 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 we totally want to ruin green Bay season uh, and everything that we can do to do that uh, is always a, a, a delight. Uh, what is, um, I feel though, you know, going back to week one and you know, everything that happened, we're so different, especially defensively. And I know that we've talked about the sweat effect, but you even mentioned it a little bit earlier, the takeaways. Yeah. Like our team, like we, I, if I'm not mistaken, I don't know if this is just from week six, but I believe that we lead the NFL in interceptions right now. And it's not, and I, it, it's, it's come down to how well they played with, uh, with Montez yeah. Sweat. How fun is it to be out there knowing like, again, like this will be the first time that we've played Green Bay in a long time where it's like, when they have the ball, I'm not going to be just assuming that it's, a, you know, like we have a defense that can definitely step up. How relaxing yeah. is that for you? No, I mean, it's very confident. It feels very confident coming from the defense. Um, you know, I think, you know, this past game, there was a lot of plays during the game where it was like uh, so close to just interception. Like you could hear in the stadium where it was like, oh, oh yeah. Like it was so many of those throughout the game where it was like, oh, he almost intercepted it. He almost intercepted it. It's like, they are constantly just always around the ball now. And it feels like, you know, they're a tip here or a tip there or uh, an inch there or um, a yard there away from just another interception to, to flip the game. Um, you know, we're, we're at times we're on the sideline now, like, all right, we're, we're about to get an interception or we got one coming. Like, it's it's bound to happen. You know, if we haven't got one yet, it's like, well, it's coming, you know, sometime during the game because, you know, that's just been our trend. So um, it, it's definitely, uh, definitely, um, you know, gives the offense confidence just knowing – know that they're going to get a turnover at any point in time and again. You know, one of the fellow rookies on the team, Tyreek Stevenson, has four interceptions this season, had another great one wow. there on Sunday against the Falcons. Uh, obviously, you see him in practice. I remember that, you know, obviously with everything that went down, the Bears traded a second-round pick for Chase Claypool. The, the Steelers drafted a defensive back. I've told everybody, I go, if Tyreek Stevenson ends up being this, like, all around great player. I'm going to be an absolute menace and I'm not going to let people forget about it. Uh, as somebody who sees him in practice every day, how mm -hmm. good has Tyreek Stevenson been? Yeah, he's improved, you know, from since the beginning of the season tremendously, you know, all the way till now. Um, I remember um, our first, uh, one of our first games um, we were facing early in the season, we were facing Tampa Bay and um, he was a little nervous you know, start the game because he was like, God, I'm, I got Mike Evans in front of Mike me. Mike Evans like, and Chris Godwin, he's like, yeah. He's like, I got Mike Evans in front of me, man. Like, I'm nervous, dude. 
And um, I remember just telling him, like, listen, man, just, you know, just I tried to, you know, try not to overwhelm him and just kind of simple it down, simplify it for him in his mind. Like, listen, man, just just remember what your job is. You know, just do your job. You know what I'm saying? Know where your help is at. You know, where, know the defensive call. Know what you got to do. Know your drop. Um, just just remember all your coaching points and your techniques, man. Just trust your coaching and um, you'll be all right. And you can just tell that as the season has continued to progress, he's just gotten more confident, um, you know, and, you know, he got, he won NFC defensive player to the week. Yeah, right? and, um, you know, so, I mean, I'm, I'm happy for him just to see his, his confidence levels just rose. And I think one of the best interceptions of the year was, was in Cleveland. Um, yes. He played it so beautifully. Um, just the, his drop, the, the, the pick, he, it was a nice dive. He, he returned it. You know, for a lot of yards and you know just seeing that you know it's just it's just huge so um you know I'm, I'm excited to see you know how he continues and um how he grows in the future yeah it's one of those things i think he also had a a hand in tipping a ball to tremaine edmonds uh, that turned into an interception as well this season so mm-hmm. i've been listen i've been letting people know and uh again you know trades happen and things work out and sometimes they don't, but I think Tyreek Stevenson is somebody to be proud of, and which is why I have so much confidence in Ryan Poles and um, what he's doing. Hold on. I got to make sure we got producers. We got a, we got a big show tonight. So we have a lot of cool things. Uh, We do have comp. We have two comments uh, to put on. So um, we're trusting the public here, but I did want to say, I was going to say one other thing and now I can't remember. Uh, I've lost my train of thought, but uh, enjoying seeing what Tyreek Stevenson uh, has been able to do. And then now again, like the cop, but like you said, the confidence, cause they kind of like threw him to the wolves uh, early in the season. And it was one of those things where you're like, okay, he's a rookie and that Tampa Bay game stands out. Uh, funny that you mentioned that, but it, it's one of those things that just makes somebody better. You know, you just yeah. end up becoming a better player by doing all that stuff. If um, before we get to the comments though, um, again, I know that I've asked you to pass on messages uh, to people in the with the team, and um, mm-hmm. I know that you humor me and say that you're going to do it. The next time you see Kyler Gordon, no more, no more, no more flips. We're done. I love the athleticism. That's great. I will yeah. take him to get air. I'll take him to a trampoline park after the season. No more of that. Uh, at least for one more week. Uh, makes me nervous. <laughs> makes me nervous. I'm, it's, it's nervous time. Uh, but we got a couple of comments we wanted to bring by uh, Sammy. What do we got? Unrelated. Tyler is fun to pass to. And that is absolutely, that is, that is, uh, no, that's great. Um, I, I haven't been able to open Madden yet. That's one of the things I got to imagine. Have you, do you play? Are you, a, I've never asked. Are you a Madden guy? Yeah. Yeah. No, I'm definitely a Madden guy. I haven't played it as much of as, uh, as much as of late, but, um, yeah, definitely a huge Madden guy. And if, I, if I'm going to play a video game, cause I'm not a huge video game guy. Yeah, I'm gonna play Madden. That's that's probably the only game I'm turning on. And I'm gonna play as Madden. Not not. We gotta get into Mario Kart. Oh, the kids love the Mario Kart. <laughs> um, that, that's a fun competitive one. But when you play Madden, you've got to be you've got to be peppering yourself with with targets, correct? <laughs> no, 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 no. I, I just I don't know. I, I just feels like I mean it's cool kind of seeing myself. Uh, you know, playing. Yeah. I get I got all my friends like. They always send me like videos and stuff of them using me and saying like, "Man, I'm going crazy with you on kickoff," you know, stuff like that. Um, but no, I mean, I don't usually use myself on Madden. Um, I like to use other players, but uh, but no, it's pretty cool though. Oh my gosh, I was just gonna say, uh, run the ball with you. I forgot to bring up. I'm so sorry. 
our uh, our I don't we don't have a, a cute name for it yet, but the our version of the Tush Push, you were there. You got <laughs> Justin Fields at the I forgot. Oh my yeah. gosh, I'm so sorry. I'm this is this must be why Jeff this must be why Jeff is listening in. Like, don't forget to mention that. Yeah, I forgot you were involved in that play. Like that was yeah. that was amazing. What was what was that moment like? Like I was I saw you out there. Uh, again, you know, when we, we, we get together and we're like, oh, my God, Tyler's in there. We're going to push him in. Yeah. And, like, listen, you're not, like, no disrespect to you, but you're not <laughs> 6'5", 280. You're, yeah. uh, you're a human being. Like, but mm -hmm. how are you, first of all, how did you get that role? And uh, what was that play? That, the play was amazing because that second effort, like, you had to get a second effort to get him in there. Um, yeah. I mean, I'm not sure exactly. Um the rhyme or reason behind the role, but um, I just knew when we drew it up on paper, um, I was behind the quarterback and I'm like, you chose the right man. You chose the right man. And um, I want to say so far this year, I'm undefeated when, uh, when I'm back there, um, yeah. you know, we use we were getting the first down and um, you know, I try to just keep my legs moving. And um, I remember Justin came into the huddle. He was like, you know, what we got, he's like, we got rugby and we got onto the line and uh, you know, we ran a play and, you know, I think the defense, they knew it was coming, um, but they had to stop it. So, um, you know, it, it was fun, though. No, it's amazing. It's like always like the but the the scrappiest teams in the tug of war always put a bunch of smaller guys instead of like having like one big guy having three mm -hmm. little guys. It's like playing Blades of Steel back <laughs> in the day. That's a game you've never heard of. But uh, does Sammy, do we have one more question? Because uh, we got to let Tyler get out of here because we got um. Uh, I want to make sure I read this. By the way, Car oh, Carrie Franklin does come along a lot. Uh, Tyler Scott, you have accomplished more than most by working hard and making it to the NFL. This Bears fan believes in you and looks forward to seeing your first touchdown in Green Bay country. No pressure. Listen, I already put it on him. Thank you, Carrie. Uh, Thank I, you. I, Carrie's the best. Thank you so much for us. Uh, I really, listen. I really truly believe this is going to happen this week and it's going to be in a big moment. I think it's all been leading up to this. Like your, your story has led to this um, with some of the things that have gone on this season, but I think that it's led to this moment. Do you feel it? Can we just put that into the universe? The first touchdown comes this week. Oh, definitely. Definitely. No doubt. No doubt about it. Um, I, I know I'm definitely going to have some opportunities. Um, you know, I'm, I think that the game was definitely slowing down for me and um, yeah. you know, I can feel myself like, you know, able to get open, you know, and actually, you know, feel confident what I'm doing, know what to expect and kind of have anticipation. And now it's just all about finishing, you know, a lot of the plays off, but um, I'm getting open, getting in the right spots. Um, so I, I'm excited. I'm excited um, for what we have store come Sunday. Well, I'm excited for you. And uh, again, I appreciate your perspective and uh, how much that you honor and revere this rivalry with the Packers. It, it is one of the things that, uh, that, that, uh, brings you like that welcomes you to the bears family. So we all appreciate it. We're all rooting for you. Uh, we feel like this is going to be a good game again, week one. It was a hope week 18 is a belief that it's going to happen. So as you know, I'm always picking the bears to win this one. We're going to go out and finish with a bang. We're going to eliminate the Packers and then we're going to get together and we're going to talk about this next week. And I can't wait mm -hmm. to do it, but mm -hmm. good luck to you. I will be in touch obviously, because I'll, I'll annoy you with my dumb messages as I always do. Okay. But I want to thank you for doing this. Uh, Happy New Year to you and uh, bear down. Thank you. Happy New Year. All right. Happy New Year. There he goes. The great Tyler Scott. We appreciate him coming in to uh, join us here each and every week. And I want to remind everybody that since the game is in Green Bay, as we switch over to the sick podcast with Adam Rank and take it to the rank.
When this week, if you're looking for a place to watch the Bears game, might I recommend Game Room Chicago. It is the best place to watch football in all of Chicago. It features billiards, shuffleball, skiboard, papa shot, and so much more. And it's plenty of space for you to watch your favorite game, which, of course, this week will be the Packers playing host to the our Chicago Bears. And there is a menu featuring Michelin star chef Mari Katsumura snack foods. They have beer towers, a weekend Bloody Mary bar, and shareable signature cocktails. Game Room Chicago is the place to be on game day in Chicago, located inside the historic Chicago Athletic Association Hotel Check out Game Room Chicago, and we thank them uh, for their sponsorship. Now, joining us is we're to be we're bringing in the guests. Um, our first guest, as we always do on Wednesday evenings, from FoxSports.com. Uh, it is Carmen Vitali who is going to be joining us. Carmen, how you living? I'm great. How are you? I'm doing pretty good. Are you excited for a a a weekend Bears Chicago or Bears in Green Bay? Uh, with something on the line, you can't ask for any more than anything more than that outside of you know perhaps the Bears playing for the playoffs as well. No, this is shaping up to be an all timer, and I have a piece coming out for FoxSports.com tomorrow just about the congruency between how the Packers season was shaping up last year uh, with a chance to go to the playoffs by beating a division opponent, a surging division opponent. Uh, in week 18 to this year where they are have a chance to go to the playoffs against a searching NFC North opponent in week 18. Time is a flat circle, Adam, and it's real fun. Time is a flat circle. And I don't know that you if you've ever had the pleasure, but we're also going to bring on another guest because uh, it was fun last week. You and Braggs were able to gang up on me. Okay. Um, I brought you somebody else, so you both can, can gang up on me once again. Uh, he is one of our favorites here. He is a fan favorite amongst the entire Chicago Bears fan base. He is the the leader of the Tape Never Lies Network. He is my brother, Draft Dr. Phil. There, Draft Dr. Phil, how are you? What is up? How Hi, are you? Carmen, I've never had the pleasure. No, nice to meet you. Adam's that friend that never brings me out with them how dare you <laughs> i've uh well no like i've you know listen you can't you can't put all the stars I, I, it, it's not like a, a gary marshall movie you don't want to put all the stars in one movie you got to spread them out over a number a number of pictures uh so i appreciate both of you being here uh two of my favorite people uh so thank you so much uh and thank you for waiting around for tyler scott because you know he wants to come on on Wednesdays. You're like, okay. It's kind of like when I'm at the comedy store and they're like, hey, Bill Burr's taking your spot. You're like, okay, that that tracks. <laughs> and then I go and sit down for a half hour. Um, but I want to start with something that broke last Sunday. Uh, Ian Rappaport had a, a note out there that the Bears have already said that Matt Eberflus is coming back. He is going to be the head coach of the Bears next season. I thought was a little premature. I was on the air on the NFL channel, and I'm like, does he know that we're playing Green Bay this week? Uh, so, Carmen, I'll start with you. I want to ask both of you this question. Is it a fait complete? Is there a – does this game matter to Matt Eberflus's coaching future in Chicago? Carmen, I'll start with you. It has to matter a little bit, but not in the sense that I think that he will be fired if they don't win this game. I think the last two games down the stretch after that report came out, it was basically like he's expected to be back barring a meltdown. Well, we've avoided a meltdown. He's already won one of the last two games. And because of that, I think that 
they are going to bring him back. This is something that I've been pretty adamant about all season, especially once we saw the defense click into place. I'm like, yeah, he's he's coming back. They have they're trusting his system. His system is starting to work. His side of the ball. And I think that a three-year rebuild was what was sold by Ryan Poles and Matty Berflus together to ownership and to this front off. The rest of the front office was, listen, give us three years and we're going to figure it out. And by the end of the season, if they win on Sunday or not, they are going to be right on track with that year two of the rebuild. Well, I'll move this over to Draft Dr. Phil, who has for the longest time been an advocate of Jim Harbaugh being the future coach of the Chicago Bears, which I think echoes the sentiment of a ton of Bears fans, especially the time that people that can go back to when uh, he was uh, the quarterback of the Bears. Uh, Draft Dr. Phil, do you think that he is coming? I know. Let's let's uh, let's not focus in on what we should do, but do you think that Matt Eberflus is coming back? Whether you think that's the right decision or not, do you think he's coming back? I want to get on the record that I think is the wrong decision. A hundred percent. It's not even a question to me. Uh, Number two, I do think this game is going to play into the McCaskies and how they handle this because they are, for for better or worse, they've been a lot worse in regards to hiring coaches, but they put a lot of weight. And I've been around them uh, seeing George. A lot of people love George and what he does and stands for. And I know that George really takes this rivalry seriously. So if I could say one good thing about George, it's that he cares about this game a hell of a lot. So I think it has a lot of weight. And I think if we look at the the wins that the Bears have had, I know my partner at TTNL, Shane Marshall, has laid the foundation. Okay, they've beaten two quality starters in the NFL in Jared Goff and arguably Kyler Murray. That's it. Everybody else has been a backup and a facade of wins. So we have to like take a step back, see the culture here of what this guy is doing, how they built around Justin Fields. In fact, I feel like they've neglected him in a huge way and thus created this soap opera that is the offense and Getsy and the firing of coaches and HR problems. All of this stuff kind of gets swept under the rug because they're playing these scrub teams and their defense is doing what they should do is take the ball away from terrible quarterbacks. And then once you got Montez Sweat in there, you're you're doing what you're supposed to do. This game, Carmen and Adam, you know, the Bears have failed nine times in a row they've lost. I was at the last time they won, Adam. Me and you were on. <laughs> FaceTiming before to win the NFC North. It was a great day. I'll never forget it. But the Bears have not been able to do it. So this is where your money, where your mouth is, coach. You don't bring Club Dub back when you're a four-win team. You just don't. This is the culture he has. And I just, I think it's totally time. The stars are all aligned. First round pick, big money. Jim Harbaugh's in the national championship. He's bring him home, have this whole culture turned around. I, I believe they should do it, but to answer your question, will they do it? I honestly don't know. Kevin Warren is this, the wild card here. 
If it if he wasn't there, I'd say no way. They can't get out of their own way. I know Courtney Cronin came out yesterday. Everyone went hubbub, and you see the influences of Ted and George pushing Ryan Poles to hire Matt Eberflus. To me, that's the old good old boy network. Let's bring in Bill Polian. Bill Polian says he's good. He must be. This is the problem with the Bears. And yeah. I think the head coach is a huge problem here in Chicago. Well, Carmen, hey, but as you said, Carmen all along has said that this Matt Eberflus is going to stay for a lot of the reasons that you laid out. Carmen, let me ask you as a, as a follow-up, if this game ends similar to the way it ended uh, in week one, would that be something? Do you think that that could actually cost Matt Eberflus? Like if this is an embarrassment, I know it's not a, thankfully it's not a primetime game, but would it be something that could cost him? Like if it's, if it's terrible, is it a thing like Black Monday, he's out? No, I really don't think so. I mean, you have to look at this in, in, in the total perspective. And Ryan Pohl said as much last week was you when making decisions about Justin Fields is what he was talking about. But that's kind of his approach to everything is you have to look at things in totality. And if, if barring an absolute embarrassment, which I don't think will happen, I really can't see the Bears making any rash decisions on Matt Eberflus. And I think that their minds are made up already that they're going to give him at least another year because of the fact that his side of the ball is surging at this point and whether that's because they're playing bad teams or what or what have you they're doing what they're supposed to and again this is kind of in line with where they were supposed to be after year two under both poles and Eberflus. you figure out that side of the ball you invest in that side of the ball which they did in the off season and you're seeing the returns of that and then in season as well with montez and now you have the decision to make on Justin, but you were always going to have to make that decision this year, given his fifth year option. And that's where th this was all, this is the timeline that I think was completely expected. Now, I also said that if there's stuff that comes off, off the field, which speaks to the culture that Phil's talking about, if there's that stuff that comes out, yes, Maddie Bruce is absolutely in danger of being relieved of his duties. And I think he should be. Uh, if there's, you know, some really bad stuff that comes out after all those, those, those issues, especially earlier in the season with his coaching staff, yeah. but barring that, I mean, the on-field product is exactly where it's supposed to be. As far as I'm concerned, after year two, you already have improved your win total as well. Uh, I don't like, I know you said there was, they were going to get to 12 wins, Adam. I never no. had, I, I thought seven or eight wins this year, you're golden. And that's exactly what they're what they're looking at right now. I just I think that Matty Rufus does have that locker room. Guys that I've talked to like playing for him all the way back to even when he was the Colts defensive coordinator. He's a player's coach and these guys appreciate him for that. So I think that you have to take that into account as well. He's he I'm warming up to him. I've always I've always liked him as a person. Uh and I, I thought he was warm up to him, man. Please. Uh, <laughs> Listen, I've liked him as we a human being. I want to push back on Carmen because okay. we're talking about four epic collapse losses. You win two out of those, you're in the playoffs. Yeah. This is a coaching issue in Chicago. Oh, you beat Taylor he Tyler Heineke. Taylor Heineke. Yep. Taylor you beat, Heineke. You beat Josh Dobbs. You put that <laughs> stupidity to a rest. I mean, these are the things. Uh, by the way, you're beating Cleveland by 10. In the history of the franchise, there was a 0% chance of losing. Wait, Matt Eberflus, hold my beer. 
This team is led by a, a guy that's a good defensive coordinator. He's not a head coach. He really isn't. And that's a, a problem. Nice guy. Nice guys finish last. I'm sorry. And we need last time everyone laughs, but I've been saying this and Adam knows this for years. I've eyeballed Jim Harbaugh as a maniacal coach. that's going to put the best. He doesn't play politics. I don't care, Ryan, if you took him in the second round, first round, we're playing the best players. Iberfus hasn't done that. And, and Justin Fields has been a, 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 a issue because of that. His, his issues are because of the head coach staying with Getze too long and, and handling this whole situation in a, in a terrible way, in my opinion. And we'll find what out. Wanted, what else would you have wanted him to do with Luke Getze, though? You can't, you can't take that first year and then rip the rug out from underneath Justin Fields to put him in his third system in three years. Like, you had to have given him an extra chance, and you're not going to fire him Mid-season, either because what's that? You do. Who's going to take over? Who's going to take over and make Justin Fields better than than bringing? Honestly, you don't hire someone from. You would bring someone up to see what you got. In what's the Tonico Conico, the quarterback coach? Tonico, Andrew Tonico. Yeah, he's a bright young mind. You give him a shot to see how he calls plays, and we're talking about third and two in empty sets. We're talking about situational football that has cost the Chicago Bears not two games, five games. And it happens to fall on Getze. It really does. And the head coach is responsible for that. I'm sorry. As a head coach, I've seen this guy so many times. I I just watched the tape of him and the fundamentals on the offensive line. Even some of the situations that they're asking a play to be run are blocked incorrectly. And that's a shame, really. And Justin has to be a magician half the time to get out of the mess that they've created. And well, then how do you explain Justin getting better as the season goes on? He's gotten better he's within gotten, this system. I don't think he's gotten better. I'm the only one. I'm, I'm, I'm the only one who thinks he's gotten better. I'm, I think he's consistently inconsistent. That's what he is. I, I agree that he's not consistent, but you've had he's he's improved a little bit. I don't think he's improved enough either. I don't I think, think he's improved enough, but well, what, what I think do you, that he's improved. So if if that if Eberflus is staying, like, would it make sense to bring in a new quarterback? Because you're resetting the cycle that you went through with Matt Nagy, where you have a coach that might be on the he might be on the proper path, and you bring in a quarterback that, and if let's say who it was, let's just say they drafted Caleb Williams, but if Eberflus, you're like, oh wait, we made a mistake there. Then you have to like, wouldn't you just want it all to just line up? together yeah, so if you're gonna go with that adam they dick Jaron. yeah they had it who do they have oh they bring it a court now they get lovey he inherits the next guy they've done this every time naggy mitch trubisky uh now matt eberflus justin fields rex gross it's the same story with the bears it's how they hired the coach before the gm or the gm oh he doesn't get the this franchise does things backwards. They've never done GM or coach and quarterback. The Holy Trinity of football, <laughs> GM coach and quarterback. The bears have not done that. And that's so do- really set the balance. So yeah, in my opinion, I would fire Eberflus, trade Justin Fields and get Caleb Williams with the number one pick in Chicago. 
Carmen, what would you, what would you do? Like, what do you think is the proper way? Do you think, well, I guess first, if Eberflus is staying, do you think that that means that Justin Fields is staying? Because they could have benched Justin Fields, similar to what's happened in Denver with Russell Wilson. Like, if you if you were really of the mind that, like, Justin Fields is being traded in the offseason, wouldn't you bench him this week? Make sure he doesn't no. get hurt? No. No, because you want to see if he can do even better against the Packers because that's going to up his trade value. So you absolutely, you, you absolutely want to keep him playing and show off his athleticism and everything like that. And I, I mean, I've been in the camp too, where I think it makes the most sense to trade Justin Fields as well, because especially if you're going to get rid of Luke Getzey, I don't think it's a question on if you're keeping Eberflus necessarily. I do think that down the line that comes into play because you want him to be there for longer than a year if you're starting over with another quarterback and not rip the rug out from underneath them. But you're going to likely have to start over with a new offensive system because I don't think that Getzey got the most out of Justin Fields, but also bringing in a new coordinator is going to mean you're now up against the clock and you have a lot less time to see if Justin Fields is worth paying in a brand new system again. So you're, you've absolutely backed yourself into a corner where you probably have to get rid of Luke Getzey, which means you should start over with another quarterback and bring in a coordinator that you think is going to fit whoever the pick is going to be. That's the luxury you now have as the Chicago Bears having the number one overall pick. Mm. You, can t- you can hire a coordinator before the draft knowing full well which quarterback you're going to take in the draft because you have the freedom to do that. And that can find a bit le- kind of at least marry that side of the ball so that if Eberflus's defense keeps up, and it starts doing really well against good teams and continues this momentum, then Eberflus can be the coach for the next few years while you have an offensive system that's growing with a defense to lean on. So I, if, if, I'm, if, if I'm Ryan Poles right now, mm-hmm. I'm, I'm telling Matt Eberflus, I'm sorry, Luke is just not working out at this point. You need to, we need to bring in somebody else with the quarterback that we are about to draft in mind. Cause I just, I don't, th- I think it's too late with fields. I don't think it's too late for him to be a good player. I think he can go off and be good at somewhere else. That is fine because you have to have faith in your evaluation of a quarterback you would bring in as well as an offensive coordinator you would bring in. This is a test of how confident Ryan Poles is in himself and in the organization. I agree with her uh, in regards <laughs> to that. I still would get rid of Eberflus. I just don't, I don't believe like there's obviously the four epic NFL and charter franchise franchise losses. You can't get around those things. I don't get down with tanking. Right. I don't think that happened and you can't, well, the first year they, they were set up to tank. No, you go out there as a competitor to win. Of course. And he had his, opportunity look at the games they yeah. weren't like blowouts there were opportunities where getsy and coach eberflus and alan williams whatever happened to him your coach is up there lying about chase claypool alan williams we've seen the, i just don't like the culture of the lying the letdowns and the complete collapses as well as this club dub that continues. I think it's embarrassing. I was, we had Chris Zorich <laughs> oh, on last no. night. He's like, "Oh my God, they're they're putting on a nightclub and smoking cigars, and they're not even going to the. They're going to be on the couch next week." So it does look bad. And as a head coach, 
you got to step in there and say, guys, there's certain things you want to go outside, go to the nightclub after a big win. But in here, we have optics and a, a fan base that supports us if we're three wins and it's 10 below. They're out there yeah. cheering for us. Let's not look and let our fans down here. And and people could say, oh, Phil, coach, you're old. Yeah. That's what we do. That's what I'm getting. That. That's but what I'm getting ready to say. I, I don't think Jim Harbaugh, <laughs> Nick Saban, and all of these coaches that are actually winners allow yeah. that to happen. I mean, like a lot, that's true. Cause like, uh, you could even go on the NFL level, be like, Bill Belichick doesn't behave yeah. this way, which is great when you have Tom Brady. Uh, a lot of this comes in for the players as well. So I, I'm, I don't know. Like, it's funny That's because like Phil, Phil and I are established youth coaches. You know, Phil was leading his football team to a, a Super Bowl appearance. My red lightning, of course, won our division and took top of the table and the tournament and all that stuff. I allow, like, I'm more of the like, Hey, let's go out there and celebrate type of person. That stuff doesn't matter to me, but I do want to ask though, because I don't know. I I'm the one person here who believes in Justin Fields. And I know that I always, I, we both believe in him. We both believe in him. I really okay. believe. Like kid All right. Is well, let me, okay. Let me, let me bring it up because you have, listen, as okay. Carmen could tell you, you say one bad thing, it becomes an epic or race thing. It becomes, you're a hater. You're disgusting. You like no, that's, Jones, okay. all yeah. of that. So I, I, I got you. Okay. Yeah. We, Justin Fields is an elite talent. He's an yes. athlete. He is just struggling in an anticipation and in processing what Luke Getze wants to do with him. Jim Harbaugh comes here and says, he's my guy. I guarantee Justin Fields play and the surrounding plan personnel and play calls will be completely different than what you see Getze doing. And yeah. that's the problem. If you're going to continue on this road, you also are backed up. And this is what fans don't get. And I'm not a cap guy. I always say yeah. F a cap. Just keep spending, get the best players. Same here. Right? But there's going to be a $25 million commitment that you have to make right after the draft. Oh, okay. by the way, you have the first pick in the draft. Then you're are you guaranteeing Justin Fields right now $45 million a year? They don't have to right now. That's no, the but that's that's where we're going with it. I mean, eventually. Well, okay, yeah. Well, Are that's you, why. That's I'm why not we betting on that. That's, that's why we saying. take. That's why we take the twenty-five million dollar year to see what happens. I know that I love to use yeah. examples of long time ago with players you guys might not have ever heard of or ever seen or whatever. And this is going to be an old. Oh, and they're not even the Bears. This is old timey football. It might not even happen today. But one of my one of my friends and colleagues played for the San Diego Chargers. And I always ask him to this day, I'm like, remember in 2004, what would have happened that instead of drafting Eli Manning, who you eventually flip for Phillip Rivers, what if the Chargers had just kept Drew Brees and kept LaDainian Tomlinson and drafted Larry Fitzgerald, who was the second or third overall pick? Actually, the Cardinals took him third. Gallery went second in that draft. The trajectory of the San Diego Chargers is much different. You cannot, I will... LT and I talk about every time I like, I always love, I don't love to because it pisses him off. Um, I always bring it up. I'm like, I still can't believe it that you had breeze and you decided not to go with Larry Fitzgerald. And I feel like the same thing would happen again here. 
where you would be like, hey, like Caleb Williams might be fine. Like he's probably going to be a good NFL quarterback. Uh, is he going to be better than Justin? I don't know. I just think it's a mistake because you can go in right now and you can take, you'd have Justin Fields, you'd have Marvin Harrison Jr., you'd have DJ Moore. If it turns out that Justin doesn't make the next step, if things don't happen, you're like, oh, maybe it's not going to work. Then you start over the following year. I don't know who, who the top quarterback draft a quarterback in 2025. And that guy's going to start with DJ Moore and Marvin Harrison Jr. I just feel like that's the best way for us to go. There's, but that's also an argument for this year because starting over with a new quarterback at this point, when you conceivably have most of the holes filled on, this is a good roster. Yeah. Opposing coaches I have talked to that yes. are going against the Bears these last few weeks. 100%. Are like They're a good team. You're setting up a rookie on a good team. The Bears don't have the number one pick because they were the worst team in football. That's I can't right. stress to you how unique of an opportunity this is for the Bears to bring in a new quarterback, a young quarterback, help him develop, but give him all the tools he needs to succeed while having all of the flexibility to build around him because you're not having to pay him that 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 supersedes this year and next that goes for the next three four years you can continue to build with sure things through free agency and keep that cap down that you're committing to your quarterback while spending it on known commodities that are going to help and bring the experience level up on this young team in general that is such a unique opportunity it is such a cheat code in the nfl Look at what the 49ers were able to do with Brock Purdy. They're not paying Brock Purdy anything. And so they have a, a team that's completely autonomous, separate from its quarterback. doesn't matter who's under center necessarily for the 49ers. They're a good team. And the Bears can be built in the same way, which would insulate from injury, from, from anything really. And I just think that that is a really smart play and you can't pass up on such a unique opportunity this season. But the, the 49ers also have the benefit of having Kyle Shanahan, which we clearly do not. Get a get an offensive coordinator from that tree. Uh, try again. I know Gutsy's technically from that tree too. Try again. I agree. I mean, the Bears need a center and a left tackle looking at the tape very badly. Um, the reality of where the people don't understand – 41 45 million per year a rookie does not get 45 million per year sorry guys in the chat the, the rookie comes in and gets 6 million guaranteed in the year thus the cap that's why way back when the uh, Seahawks signed uh what was it Matt Flynn from yeah. the Packers to this big deal and they drafted Russ in the third they went with Russ because of the potential as well as the cap savings in the quarterback. So they can invest like Carmen saying in free agency on other positions surrounding. And that's where the bears are right now. They're in the perfect spot to not blow this, but for some reason, keeping Eberflus and company would and same with Justin Fields, because you're going to have to pay somebody as an elite, an athlete as Justin is and what he does what he did was amazing, like a magician out of the pocket. But the reality is that doesn't get you to where the Super Bowl trophy is held. You know, Steve Young ran, Mike Vick ran, they and then they couldn't run, and they had to become a pot. Vince Young ran like nobody had seen, right? 
He didn't make it in the NFL. That's only getting you so far. When I watch the tape of Justin Fields, despite all these other people watching tape, I'm going to sit down and talk to you truthfully and show you this is five seconds too late. This is tapping the ball, winding up. This is him squatting down. So instead of being 6'3", he's now 5'11", and thus he can't see. So all of these things that Getsy tried to change in him, we heard about it. Chris Collinsworth's comments, where do you think they came from that Sunday night? Talking about Tyson Bajan. That was from the coaches. And he's out there saying that and taking shots at Justin Fields. Justin taking shots at the coaches. Let's backpedal it. This locker room is happy to be winning, but we can't just sit here and just ignore the what ifs. I don't see the consistency of Justin Fields. It's hard to be a quarterback in the NFL. It's the hardest position in all of pro sports. And I just think you're in the perfect place to draft a rookie. And I think that Caleb Williams, honestly, if he was the number, if he was coming out last year, I would have pushed for them to draft him number one and trade Justin last year. Here we are again. I don't fall into the three interceptions uh, against Notre Dame. No, I don't know. It's ridiculous. The kid is a... Elite talent at quarterback, elite Caleb I, Williams. I'm happy to say that. Like, let's, I, I, again, I agree with you. I don't think that anybody needs to. I don't think that the people who want to play the salary cap game and move on from Justin Fields, you don't have to say that they're a hater or anything like that. There's right. a, there's, there's science behind it. I understand the science behind it. I also cannot understand, though, we, again, you were talking about the left tackle. Like, does Braxton Jones not? He doesn't translate for you. You don't think he's a good, like they think they, you think they need to move on from him. I think he's a great developmental guy. You've held on. He needed to, he's still weak. His, his legs look like Charles Leno again. He's just getting pushed back into the backfield. He's serviceable, but I'm looking at this roster and I, Carmen, you and I agree a hundred percent. I know Adam predicted them to win 10 games. I said, there's so much talent on this football team. And they can't have any excuses and they lose, lose, they lose 14 straight losses, franchise record. They poo pooed that it's a problem. Like you can beat these. You had your best win. We all thought it was new England. Your best win was against Detroit this year. You did it. You won that game. It wasn't again with five turnovers against Minnesota, come away with 12 points, win 12, nine. That ain't a, that ain't a win to me. I want to see this football team develop, score, play this game. This is a this is the biggest test for this coach. So I do think it's going to lay some merit on his future because of the McCaskies, because of the history of Dobbs, Frappy, whatever his name, Zappy, and <laughs> Mac Jones, Bryce Young. They beat Hoyer. They beat Hoyer. Who else did they beat? All backups. Honestly, to answer your question, I'm sorry, I jumped over there. Braxton, no. you got you got to improve on Braxton Jones. That is a priority position. You got two picks in the first round. And I'll tell you right now, the one blessing that no one's talking about, well, maybe they are, is that Justin beat his hometown team, Falcons. And those fans and that owner see that, 
And now you get some more merit to what Carmen's saying. If Justin goes out there and plays really well against the Packers, that's a benefit to the market value of him. And now you might be looking at three first round picks in 2024 draft. Yeah. What did you think about that? Because there was, I think it was Jeremy Fowler, Carmen, who said that, Hey, Justin Fields would get a second round pick, maybe a third round pick. Uh, was he, do you I think he's a one? What do you think? Yeah. What do you think the market he's is? He's not a just, one. He's I, not a one. I've talked to, I've talked to assistant GMs. I've talked to personnel, NFL personnel scouts. I've talked to cap guys. I've talked to multiple people and they seem to have the consensus that it's more like a third. And I think that he really? can play a into a second, a third. He wow. can play into a second as his absolute max ceiling. Because the way that I would ask this question too, to all of these guys was, hey, listen, is there any reality that you see the Bears being able to recoup that second round pick they traded away from Montez Sweat in a field trade? And I was shut down every single time I asked that question. I, they were like, I don't really know that that's a reality. I think there's a, there's a market for third. But for sure, but I don't, I, I don't, I think that that might be the ceiling. So what does and that say about him, the player? You feel me? Like, I, I you know agree. what I'm saying? I, like, I agree. And the fact that the number one overall pick is so valuable this year, that should tell you that Caleb Williams is being viewed as a exactly. really, as one of the best prospects to come out of a quarterback class in years. And I've talked to people about Caleb Williams as well, because I, I, so I very casually watched him this year and I I didn't I wasn't sold. So again, I went to scouts that have scouted him and I was like, "Hey, listen. How is he behind the scenes? Does he work? How is his work ethic? Is he in there studying? Who is he talking to? Is he a good person just to be around? You know, they they talk to everybody. They talk to the the football secretary and the men and the tutors and all that kind of stuff." Yeah. I got glowing reviews about Caleb Williams from every person I talked to. He does study. He's very smart. He's very intellectual. He absolutely has the football IQ on top of this insane talent. And that's kind of what sold me was I was like, okay, I can see the talent, but how is he going to use it? And now having NFL evaluators tell me, but he's actually smart too. I'm like, great. That's it. I I'm, I'm sold on this guy. And I understand why he is a kind of no brainer prospect when it comes to every other NFL team and why that first round pick is so valuable or that first overall pick is so valuable. Listen, I I could see based on how he's performing, some team falling in love with him. That's why I believe, to your point, when Adam asked us, should he not play this? No, he goes out there to prove all those GMs, wait a second, we want a dynamic, athletic, moving quarterback with an offensive coordinator who understands how to appropriately appropriately use him like the Falcons. I mean, that's a perfect fit for him. And despite the hometown homecoming story, the offense and the personnel would be dynamic there. So I yeah. think that would be a value. The New York Giants, uh, the Jets, the Steelers, these teams based on need and how, where they are in the draft, you, I could see you getting a first round. I mean, Sam Darnold got what? Two second round picks. And second a and a four. Yeah, so second, I mean, oh, second out of four. you have to think Justin Fields is in that vicinity, and I think you can finagle a one somehow. Yeah, um, well, pray with me, Carmen. We no, Carmen is, Carmen just <laughs> pointed out, too, is that David Tepper 
Uh, we said Tep- this. She said this a couple of years, a couple of weeks ago. That Tepper has a quick trigger. Temper. So that's yeah. why a temper, a temper, whatever, <laughs> all that stuff, uh, which is why a Sam Darnold <laughs> trade could happen. I could see though Arthur yeah. Blank again because he's a hometown guy. You know, he he wants to win a Super Bowl, and if enough, if there was enough support, that people would be like, yeah. fine, give him a first round. Especially if the if the Falcons win this week and end mm-hmm. up and end up uh, with uh, making the playoffs, that means their pick drops down to the twenties. Uh, it's a little bit more palatable to be okay. Fine, we'll get our franchise quarterback. I'm not advocating for this. And no, then the more and the more you talk about Caleb Williams, I love I, I love I love Marvin Harrison Jr. because there's another thing too about like just trading it out. Like, what about a team? Like, if Bryce Young got what he got, what he fetched last year, like yes. what would Caleb Williams be able to fetch? Like, you talk about needing a left tackle, a a, a center. We could use another edge rusher. Like what would uh, Caleb Williams like if you said like well we're not going to get Marvin Harrison Jr. we're going to fall down to eight or seven of the Raiders or whomever and some other team is just giving you a boatload of picks that sets you up for years like don't you have to also consider that as well? Without a doubt, I mean you start at two, three first round picks. That's where it's going to be this year, yeah, next year, and the year after that, and then you're looking at a a formidable veteran talent like you did with DJ Moore. I mean, applauding Ryan Poles for DJ Moore and Montez Sweat, where you had the likes of Mike Lombardi and company. Oh, didn't like it. Right? The reality is the proof is on the tape. Tape never lies. And you look at what Montez did in Washington. Look what he's doing here. He sets the tone. He's a captain, a leader. Those things go beyond the tape. And with... This situation with Caleb Williams, I will go on the record. I have not scouted a quarterback as good as this since Andrew Luck. That's how high. I mean, he is Aaron Rodgers-like with the ability to drop dime after dime, angle, I mean, in the pocket, outside the pocket, and people are worried about his height. He's 6'2". I don't know what anybody's talking about with that. Every this kid gets picked on. I love emotion. Crying with his mom to me was a great moment because he has emotion. He cares about it. And to Carmen's point, the, everybody I've talked to says the opposite of what these fans and the trolls are all saying about Caleb Williams because his fingernails are painted. Oh, uh, I'm. Go ahead. I'm sorry. No, no, you're, you're going to no, get, no, no. You're no, gonna get I, three ones for him because people that's, in the that, NFL understand you can blow smoke now and say he's terrible so I can pick him, right? Yeah. He's terrible because I can pick him. You can't pass on another general. You missed on Mahomes. You yeah. missed. You could miss on uh, Stroud, right? But you're essentially much better than Stroud. But you're essentially, oh get, but, but you're giving up three first round picks for him. Basically, is that a Another price? Another team willing? would. Yes, that's why. I mean, that's I what would, we would get for him. I would like still you, pick him because you have never. You're since Sid Luckman, Carmen. You've not had a consistent. Mm-hmm. Okay, we're going into this week. I don't have to worry about my quarterback. I know he's a good. The Bears fans have never had that. We had that one season with Eric Kramer. In 1995, where every game I felt like, okay, we're going to be – Curtis Conway and Jeff Graham are going to be consistent. Keith Jennings and Ryan Wetnight running down. Uh, I just – Raymond Harris. We had 
an offense that obviously was consistent every week. They're going to keep in the game. Just didn't have a defense that year. The one year that we didn't have a great D. And this is where you got to be. You got to keep trying to get the quarterback. You can't scout the school. Yeah. Oh, those USC no, quarterbacks. No, no, no. No, that, that doesn't. That doesn't fly. All right, well, let's talk about this week. Uh, the Bears have an opportunity to knock the Green Bay Packers out of the playoffs. Carmen, I'll start with you. What are you anticipating for this one? I talked about it with Tyler Scott earlier in the show where I'm like, in week one, there was like, I hope they're good. I think that we've seen a lot of improvement over that time. I feel I, I expect it now. How do you feel about this week coming up? Uh, obviously, you cover the NFC North, so you see every team and you scout them. What do you see? I know you had your your article coming out this week for FoxSports.com coming out tomorrow. Uh, what do you anticipate for this game? Yeah, it's going to be a dogfight because as much as the Bears are surging, the Packers are too, not defensively, of course, but with their offense. I mean, this is an offense that is top 10 in DVOA now, or top four, top five, I believe. I think they're fourth now. They've climbed to fourth, their passing offense with first and second year receivers. And it's all starting and ending with Jordan Love, who has consistently gotten better. He's coming off his ninth game of over 100 quarterback rating. And that started with week one against the Chicago Bears. And it's something that he took pride in was winning that game. Not only does he have that pride to play for and to round out his season with the Chicago Bears, he also has a postseason berth which, oh, by the way, Aaron Rodgers in the exact same scenario as Jordan Love is entering into this week, couldn't get it done last year. So Jordan Love now has the opportunity to go out there, do something that Aaron Rodgers couldn't do last year, and give Green Bay Packers fans and that front office peace of mind that, listen, you're going to be okay with me. I'm good. And I'm going to take this franchise and continue the level of success that it's become used to because I'm ready for this. And this is a way for him to punctuate his first season as starter. And I think that he can do it. He's just, he's impressed me every single week, to be honest, even in his bad games, he has bounced back so well. He's a wonderful leader. All the guys are behind him. The way that he can survey the field, make his reads, get through his progressions. I'm watching him check out of one step drops into three step drops post snap. I mean, it's an incredible thing to witness a guy that's that young in his first year being able to do all of this with first and second year receivers who are now finally a little bit more experienced and have seen a little bit more things and that, you know, Jordan Love can trust a little bit more as well as Matt LaFleur. So it's going to be a dogfight. It really is. And it's going to be a huge test for the Bears defense to see if, you know, they really have turned a corner. He's a fourth year quarterback who's going to be due for, he's going to get 45 million. So he's getting 45 mil. Yeah, yeah, no he is. Okay. Yeah, he is. All right. Yeah, I think he's earned that, and that's the the thing. Oh, to her point, I mean, I'm not a stats guy, but people throw the stats up, and you look at where Justin Fields lines up on all of these, and he's way down the list consistently throwing the football. He makes his due running the ball, and that's what I think Sunday – is going to be the thorn in the side of the Packers is his ability to escape the pass rush with Gary and company coming off and and creating those play. That's the only area with which I think the Chicago bears, obviously I feel like their defense is coming on strong. Um, Eddie Jackson, we got to watch. He's getting long in the tooth back there. I got to watch him uh, with 
the Packers taking the ball over the top. That's where they're going to attack the Chicago Bears, down the football field. And it's going to be a great game. I really believe the Bears have a big – I believe the Bears should win this game, Adam. I really do. And and this is about the head coach. Can he embrace the moment? Now, today he's talking like this is just another game. Yeah. Another red flag for me. I didn't Epic like that. Failure. Epic I didn't care failure. For that. But you know it. what? But Tyler said at the beginning of the season, the Bears, the the coaching staff, and everybody like showed them like the Packers are a team that we have to beat, and they they've instilled that in them. The players believe in that. Um, I think that they really do embrace it. And like you said, George George McCaskey yeah, does not let you, that fly. He definitely. I, I sat with the team. I flew with the team to Dallas, as you know. Mm-hmm. And I sat there and I watched George sit on the plane after they lost last season. I mean, they had they were in that game. Despite oh, I remember, yeah. Back and forth. I mean, Justin balled Amazing out. Amazing game, there. yeah. Uh, the fumble, you remember, obviously. But anyway, uh, George sat on the plane sitting there thinking and harboring. I could. It wasn't an act for me. No. I could tell that it, it bothered. So. There's no cameras around. It's not an ad. Yeah. Like, and nobody... he, was, he was adamant even there about beating the Packers. Yeah. And listen, this I think the Bears should win this game, 24-20. There it I is. I think the Bears should win this game. Their defense is going to get a big time, a couple turnovers. Yeah. But I will call this, Carmen, on my boy Adam Rank. I love this guy. Oh, geez. I do. I will say Montez Sweat yeah. has a – uh strip sack yeah that is picked up by another defensive lineman i don't know which one and the bears get a defensive touchdown love 24 it. 10 24 10 by the way two bears defenders made the pro bowl uh montez sweat montez and Jalen johnson. johnson wow by the way i was doing the reads wow. for the wide receivers yesterday and uh if you're watching the nobody's watching fantasy live right now but I had to do them afterwards and I had the list and I'm like, I thankfully I didn't spoil it, but I'm like, DJ Moore is really not a pro bowler. I mean, Puka Nakua had a great he, season. Oh, they put AJ Brown in there. They put AJ Brown in for six games. Um, that's the way that works. I don't know how our fan base <laughs> let this slide. We didn't get DJ Moore in there. What an, well, another. It, there's more than, unfortunately, there's more than the fan vote, which is like, I mean, the only person that was leading the fan vote from the NFC North from the entire division was Josh Metellus at strong safety, which I also don't understand because it, I I like Josh Metellus. He's a great player. I don't think he holds a candle to Antoine Winfield jr. Right now. So it's the Brisker also had a great year. Brisker also had a great year. I think, yeah, probably better than, than Josh Metellus. Although Josh Metellus recency bias has kind of come on strong with him because he's had, a lot of turnover. He's had multiple turnovers, I should say, within the last few weeks. But it's only a fan vote. The fan vote counts for a third of the overall selection oh, of right. these guys to the Pro Bowl. So it's it helps, but it's not the end-all be-all, which is why you see Montez Sweat and Jalen Johnson, who did not lead in their respective categories, be, get selections, which I, I think it, there's there's good and bad to both, but also the Pro Bowl. What does the Pro Bowl even matter <laughs> Yeah, but I think there the are players, incentives. There are contract incentives. The offense which is, will score as well, Adam. Yeah. Yes, the I, offense will I score. I predict one defensive touchdown, and I'm a bum because I don't think the. 
How did they get the 24? Why do you why do you read the comments? Don't I'm do that. Don't, don't want don't I wait do. into the comments. That's uh listen. I gotta very, everybody's, you. everybody's very listen, everybody's passionate. I'm not taking it personal. Like if David and Joko sits here and MFs me in yes. front of everybody and I can roll roll with the punches. I used to like uh, him. Is, no, we I still like we still like him. About my we boy. still we still like him. Uh they need to learn the rules, but they finally woke up. He finally woke up. How about that? Joe Flacco made him a fantasy superstar, and uh, we thank him for that. But uh, and I also want to thank you both uh, for being here. This was an epic show this evening. Uh, Carmen, you've got an article going on. Where can people find you? Where where can they find your work? Yeah, FoxSports.com. I actually also have an entire article detailing how much more complex this issue has gotten with Justin Fields, given his recently good play. So that's currently on the site. Tomorrow will be a, a time is a flat circle uh, article just about this Bears-Packers matchup at, in week 18. And then you can follow me on social, Carmi B. Awesome. Oh, wait, we do have, uh, Sammy wants us to get in one more comment. So uh, before we let you go, oh, it's Carrie once again. Carrie, thank you oh, so much. Gary Franklin, my guy. Gary, yeah. guy. Carrie, listen, he's the best. The big uh, TTNL guy too. Oh, you know what? He can be both. It doesn't. No, it doesn't. It doesn't. Saying. It doesn't have. Don't stop polarizing everybody. I gotta get her on. Please, like she'd be great. I would She'd hope that you perfect. would. Um, uh, Adam, what a great show! All I know in my in my is my heart wants JF to be successful, but the tape never lies. Shows the tape, and he has a lot to improve. Uh, no matter what polls does, I will support the Bears. I think that's the ultimate thing. I wish that people yeah. would come around to this a little bit more. We had Braggs on last week as well, and I know yeah. he went on to the tape never lies afterwards. Is I wish people would just come on board. I think that. And I saw this comment uh, in Bears Twitter today, and I think it not only holds true for the Bears, but it holds true for like a lot of things. So many fan bases, and it's not just sports, but it happens with superhero movies. It happens with Star Wars. <laughs> is that people they 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 create this fan fiction in their head that if you don't live up to that, if you don't live up to that standard, then it's wrong. Like everybody knows how everybody has an idea of what they would have done with star Wars episode nine. And when Disney doesn't do that exact same thing, well, this movie sucks. Same yeah. thing with the justice. Like I had a great idea for the justice league and the justice league they put out there was not what was up, what I thought it should be. So it's yeah. terrible. And that's now everybody's a GM. Everybody wants to go. Uh, everybody wants to go out there and be like, well, if Ryan Poles doesn't do exactly what I say, He's obviously wrong. I think that Ryan Poles has put together enough good things to whatever he decides for the Chicago Bears franchise is probably for the best. Uh, and so I will do that. But oh, and that's actually, what everybody wants to. That's what everybody yeah, wants. That's what everybody to. should that's want. We don't, like, have, we don't have to fight Bears, over it. The division is better when the Bears are good, when all of the teams are good. That's all we want is the Bears to be good again and this yes. market to get a team that it finally deserves. But and that we just have differing opinions on how to get that. But ultimately, it's Ryan Poles that makes that that is making this call. It's true. We can have the other three teams be terrible. We don't need it. They're good. It, the NFL doesn't matter. Green Bay, Minnesota, Detroit. You guys don't matter. Um, Chicago John matters. Said it. The, Chicago the NFL matters. and football is so much better when the Chicago Bears are good. Yeah, we see like the John when Green Bay's when Green Bay's good, it doesn't matter. Like it's just like right. whatever. Like a terrible. I agree. Like it's nobody cares, uh, but there's the one more. No, we got to get, uniforms. we got to get a worse worst uniform in sports. Yeah. Let's uh, wait, wait, we got one more. <laughs> Poor Carmen. <laughs> Poor, Carmen's like, I should have bounced. Uh, 
a moment ago. Uh, Berlissimo, uh, I don't want to draft a QB until I'm certain that we have a competent offensive coordinator. Uh, happy New Year to Phil and Fam. Hope Cocho as well. Uh, get line and wide receiver in the draft and a competent offensive coordinator. There's a lot of different ways. Like it's funny because Thank it feels you. like such a a Very puzzle cool. piece uh, of like there's so many different ways it can go. And like you even threw out a scenario as uh, whether it'll happen or not with if Jim Harbaugh came in and was like, oh, I want Justin Fields, and you saw what he was able to do with Alex Smith and eventually Colin Kaepernick and be like, okay, like we'll go along with that. There's so many ways to uh, to divide this up that, again, I think we all just want them to be successful. Yeah, you cheer for the jersey. You really do. And listen, we all have our thoughts and opinions on it. And at the end of the day, uh, I've put my neck out there to say where I'm at, just like Carmen is. And, and you, Adam, you put, yeah. your, you, know, you put your face to it. I don't hide. I don't flip-flop. Yeah, I'll be the first guy to tell you I was wrong about a guy, but I don't, you know, scout the schools. I don't write Mac Jones's story or Justin Fields' story right now. They have to, you know, th Jim Plunkett was considered a bust. Steve Young was considered a bust. They yeah. go somewhere else, and all of a sudden, Drew Brees, you know, Drew Brees, same thing. This is the story, and sometimes you have to make a business decision. And I'm not that guy. I'm a coach at yeah. heart. I look at the personnel and I, the Bears have failed in hiring the coaches. That is proven. And I feel like, just for the record, if they continue with Eber, we'll be back here next year looking for a new coach. That's, that's where we are. So the best thing would be to cut the coach, decide on the quarterback. That's what I would do as poll, if I was polls. All right. Well, listen, this, it's, this has been great to talk about. I really appreciate it. I appreciate everybody's perspective. And I want to let everybody know, too, once again, to reiterate this point, like Phil and I go back and forth, either through text or IG messaging or whatever. Yes. And uh, we have wildly different opinions, not wildly, but we have different opinions, but we're still we're still a brotherhood. We still love each other and we can respect each other and respect each other's opinions. So the only thing that I ask for Bears fans out there, whatever happens over the next couple of months, respect each other know that we all want the Chicago bears to win. That's what's most important to us. And Ryan Poles is going to lead us there. Whether we agree with him or not, he is going to lead us to the promised land at some point in the near future. So uh, that's all I got. So for Carmen and draft Dr. Phil, by the way, the tape never lies network will be kicking off here. We're going to give Phil a couple of minutes to get, go get a powder, go get a Gatorade. Then the tape never lies. Now this is what we've always wanted to do is just kind of sort of hand off, give everybody a break, go get a Fresca, <laughs> Go get a soft drink. Go get a beer. Whatever it is, whatever whatever your pleasure is, go do that, and then come back here in a couple of minutes. Not here, but there for the Tape Never Lies Network. Check out Carmi V. Go to Fox, but in the meantime, go to Car go to FoxSports.com. Check out Carmi V's article on Justin Fields. Check it out tomorrow uh, with them. So for Carmen, Draft Doctor Phil, I'm Adam. Bear down and uh, Sammy. Go ahead and play us out. And that's a wrap. Hope you don't miss us too much until next time. Follow the Sick Podcast with Adam Rank on YouTube, Instagram, Facebook, Google Play, and Apple Podcasts.